You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Welcome back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. This is the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind our viewers that you can submit questions during the show. And without any further ado, I'd like to get to our, our guest. He is former Dallas Maverick. He is a current college basketball analyst. And I'm going to have to ask him for clarification on this one. Is Illinois fighting a lie nah? A lie? I don't know. It's Stephen Bardo. Stephen. Thank you for joining us. And what, how is it? How, how do you say that? You said it right first time. Illini. Illini. Okay. I didn't know what like the, uh, I guess, uh, alum of that was, but thank you for joining us, Steve. How, how are you? How's quarantine treating you? Uh, as good as can be expected, Tyler. I mean, I'm, I was talking to Bridget earlier, just trying to keep my, my head clear and yeah. focus. You know how it is. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one thing I gotta ask. I feel like I gotta ask you off the top. Everybody's getting their takes in, and I saw you tweeting about it. LeBron versus MJ. Who you uh, got? I, I, everybody's getting their takes in. I feel like we, you got, you got to get your take in too. Uh, I won't consider LeBron the greatest until he matches the number of titles that Jordan has. Then okay. it's a then then we have to have that conversation. Okay. But until then, I still give Jordan the slight edge. Okay, where do you have, like? Who is your top three, or where does LeBron fall? Uh, right, where does where does title number four put him? Mm, um, he's in the. I, I, I just put him like in the top six because this okay. Because I'm, I'm just, old yeah. school, Tyler. Okay. Uh, I'm I, Will Chamberlain could have played in any era. I agree. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could have played in any era. Those two guys are usually left out of that conversation. But mm -hmm. they need to be put in there along with Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, Larry Bird is one of my favorites. I, nobody really puts him in that category as well. So those guys, and then I put LeBron right in there. LeBron, Magic, Kobe, like that I next so. kind of tier. Okay, yeah. yeah. Do you think he can get to that six though? He just got four. He's still still going strong. So does the six look attainable in your eyes? I think so, because I, I think what's going to happen, you know, Anthony Davis will be key moving forward. Right. LeBron will be in his 18th season. I believe LeBron is trying to wait for Bronny. Uh, Bronny's got to go to rehab for that <laughs> up there. But uh, Yeah, he, he was having some fun when uh, when dad was out of town. Uh, <laughs> and that's all, and you know what? We all did it. We just, I was going to say, yeah. It's, it's 14, man. Yeah. We were watching, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, I think that LeBron wants to be the first father-son duo mm -hmm. to hit the NBA and then he'll go off and, and do his thing. But I think Anthony Davis, the more that he's around LeBron, the more that he sees LeBron's dedication to his body, mm -hmm. Anthony Davis's body is going to be the only thing that keeps him away from reaching his potential. Yeah. Uh, he's got all the skill set, but I, I, he, he is not durable and he's got to get more durable. If he can get durable, I believe LeBron can get those six titles. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what do you make of like the bubble just as a, as a former player? How because some guys said, you know, they preferred like the atmosphere being away from everything. You kind of lock in. Some guys say it kind of threw them off their game. How do you how do you think you would have uh, handled that? You know, Tyler, I was different, man, because, you know, I came off the bench. So anytime <laughs> I was playing, bro, I was happy. Uh, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, this it's funny because guys in my era, uh, I, I heard Scotty Pippen. He was a little negative about it. I heard mm. somebody else say something about it. But the thing that I liked was that, you know, guys that came in selling wolf tickets, the mm. Clippers, Uh oh, you know, they Uh-oh. they were very they were much less effective. And hear me out. The reason I say that is because when you're in a loud arena, you can chirp and talk and all that stuff that you want, and it kind of gets drowned out. Right. Most people don't hear it. But when you're in a bubble and the situation down in Orlando, you have to be very strategic about how you trash talk. Right. You have to elevate your game. I didn't see that from the Clippers, and they they got knocked out early. I had them as a a title favorite. So to me, I love the bubble situation because. You went back to the basics. You went back to like being on the playground when no adults are around. You had to self-govern. You had you had to, you know, have some intestinal fortitude. And the teams who had the most character, in my opinion, uh elevated to the top. Yeah, I agree. Like it's been some talk about, you know, does this count or anything, or does this count any less, or is there an asterisk? And I've never really bought that. Like I think just watching the playoffs, I think we saw comfortably the two best teams. I think we saw the best team from the West. Meet the best team. So, like, what, uh, what, what's the asterisk on that? I agree, and I, I think that it was, you know, people want to put an asterisk by it, but it was much more difficult. Think about right. being in the season, getting four months to not play, and then restarting and having to get yourself back into, you know, game shape, playoff shape. I mean, these, these guys are fine-tuned machines with their bodies, their cyclical movements, and you know, their biorhythms are such that mm. everything was kind of wonky. Right. But yet the, the level of play was outstanding, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You think that was I mean, it had to have been that the no travel. Right. Everybody just getting to stay there. No travel every other day. That, yeah. I mean, I had to. I think no travel uh, cut down on the side pieces, cut down on a few <laughs> other things. Yeah, I think that I think that helped. It, do you think it hurt other guys, though, like being away from that? Like well, you said, guys, are, guys have their rhythms, their routines. Their, yeah, you know? obviously somebody had to get lemon pepper wings, you know, <laughs> and broke protocols. So I think there are certain guys that, you know, they they have their own routine. And whether it's coming down after a game, utilizing, you know, beverages or mm. party favors or, you know, having friends around or right. whatever, you know, it, it, it interrupted some players' routine. I think it, it affected some guys. You can see that. Definitely. And talking with the Clippers, we just see that they uh, announced Tyron Lue as their head coach. What do you what do you make of that move? I was kind of surprised, Tyler, because I thought the longer the search went, I thought that his chances uh, lessened. Mm-hmm. I know that Jeff Van Gundy's name has been popular. I know people are throwing around Jason Kidd. I'm not exactly sure uh, who are the other candidates for the Clippers, but I was a little surprised that they waited this long to make the decision. I, I maybe it to me it feels like they were probably holding out for somebody that they didn't get. Mm. And so they then they brought Lou in, knowing, yeah. you know, they knew what he could provide. They they were comfortable with him, but they were really, I think, trying to hit a home run. They couldn't hit the home run, so they went for the triple and they brought in Lou. 
Okay, what do you, him is the guy he's replacing. What do you make of Doc Rivers uh, going over to Philly? I love Doc Rivers, and you know, I, I'm a Doc and I are friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, played together with Atlanta Hawks. Um, just a great guy. I, I I'm concerned for Doc. Oh, <laughs> that Philly situation. Um, you know, it, 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 it's easy to point the finger at Embiid and Simmons, but there's there's something right. chemistry wise that's off in that franchise. I don't quite know what it is. They were building, 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 and then Jimmy Butler leaves. They're bringing out Horford, and it mm. looks like they were really going to challenge for the Eastern Conference. And they just it, there's something missing there. And I, I think Doc is a great relationship guy. Right. I think he'll get to the bottom of it. I think he'll get he'll air things out. So guys, whatever grievance you have or whatever, you know, get it out. And I think Doc will will do quite well there. I, I I'm concerned for him though because that's that's my man. He's got his work cut out for him, but like you said, he's got you know you step into a job with two young talents like that. It's a lot worse jobs out there, you know. So if he's, I, I think he can. I was surprised they went that way, and I was surprised. He jumped in so quick. I think it's some good jobs. I was going to ask you, like, what do you think is the best available job still? Uh, Chicago still, or excuse me, so Chicago just got filled. Uh, New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans still available. Indiana and Houston. Houston. Yep. Yeah. What do you make of the? What do you think is the best or uh, most attractive job? Wow. You know, on the surface, Tyler, I would say Houston. But if you look deeper, it's going to be very difficult to rebuild that roster that Dan Tony destroyed, in my opinion. Uh, okay. When you trade away Clint Capella, come on, man. And you, you know, I, I'm not a fan of D'Antoni's system. Okay. I think it's a gimmick. And so you you had pieces in there, but now if you come into Houston, you have to deal with Harden and Westbrook. No doubt, they're ballers. Yeah. But if you don't play a similar system to what they've grown accustomed to under D'Antoni, you got to kind of blow the thing up and redo right. everything. Right. And that's that's going to take time. And I'm not sure with a Westbrook who plays as hard as anybody in the league and his mm-hmm. body, you know, is it, starting to break down a little bit with the mileage. Harden has been fairly injury free for the mm-hmm. most part for the last couple of years, but he's getting mileage on his body. Right. Jay Tucker having a guard guy six, six, seven inches taller and 50 pounds heavier every night, you know, and he's in his 30s. It, they're going to have a roster turnover, so to speak. So mm. on the service, I would say Houston, I, I would say, in my opinion, I would go to Indiana because okay. New Orleans is going to have extreme pressure on them yeah. with Zion yep. and, 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 and an, an emerging Brandon Ingram. Mm. I mean, like they've got some talent and Definitely. they're going to have pressure on them pretty quickly to produce. I think Indiana has a very good roster. I think Nate McMillan did an excellent job there and he left the cupboard. Uh, full. So I think I think Indiana would be the most attractive situation right now. Okay. I was going to ask you uh, as far as Houston, how you felt about the shift Dan, uh, Mike D'Antoni made, but I think you you answered it. So you weren't a big fan of the, the super small ball. Uh, Tyler, I, I think that analytics is a part of the tool. It's a tool in the toolbox. Mm. It's not the toolbox. Right. That a lot of people. Just one piece of it. Yeah. And I think that um it's not been shown because what, what people will say, well, well, Golden State did it. No, Golden State didn't run the same system. It's right. a different system. So I haven't seen anybody win the way that Houston was trying to play this year. I, I haven't seen anybody win meaningful games that way. Right. 
And so I'm sure Coach D'Antoni is a great guy. Mm. But what people don't realize is that Steve Nash made him who he is. Mm. He looked like a a brilliant coach in Phoenix. It wasn't D'Antoni, it was Steve Nash. Right. It made him look brilliant. And then he's been able to, you know, get opportunities after that. But the Houston situation is going to be very difficult. And I, I know from a fan's perspective, it looks attractive because they have su- such uh, top-heavy talent. But yeah. that roster has got to be retooled, and it's it, it might take a while. Mm. What do you think of Steve Nash stepping into Brooklyn? Like, you talk about a team that's going to have – High pressure, like high expectations. Like they're, I think they're gonna have to win right away, and he's gonna have to learn on the job. What do you make of that? I commend Sean Marks and the Nets organization because during the time, you know, people were calling for black coaches to get that position, mm-hmm. black coaches to get opportunity. If I'm Sean Marks and Steve Nash wants to coach, I'm going to get Steve Nash. I thought that's a heck of a hire. Right. I think that. His his IQ is unquestioned. He's had he's had success in the business realm. Here's here's why this is important, Tyler, because guys in the NBA are getting smarter. They're starting to understand they have to diversify their money. They have to diversify their opportunities. If you've got a head coach who was an MVP, one of the best players, one of the best point guards ever played, he's got a relationship with the best player on the team, a, a really strong personal relationship with the best player on the team and he's had business success. So you can imagine Kyrie Irving going to coach Nas. It's like, Hey man, I got this opportunity, you know, this business opportunity. What do you think? Right. Who, who has that in the league? Right. I I think, I think it's a, a, a tremendous hire for the Nets. And I think Steve Nash is going to do a hell of a job because to me, he was one of the, I, I liked watching him as much as any player that I've seen play. And I think that that will translate to his team and how they perform on the court. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think Nash will have, like, as a, he was a star player, do you think he'll have some issues, not getting through, but if you come in, you're the star player, you know, you're KD's guy. If you're the seventh, eighth, ninth man on the bench, you know, is he going to be able to make that connection, you think, as a first-year coach? Oh, I think so, because, Mm -hmm. you know what, Tyler, I don't have any rings on me, but rings, rings talk, bro. If he put, I don't know if they give you a ring for the NBA MVP, but if he could just walk in like Phil Jackson did in his first day of coaching the LA Lakers, with all both MVPs behind you, yeah, you know what I mean. And I mean, players respect accomplishments. Uh, right. Players respect accomplished players that have come before, and I, I don't think that I think anybody on that roster will have supreme respect. And we'll want to get to have a relationship with Coach Nash. Switching gears a little bit, I saw something else I saw you tweeting about uh, the Greg Marshall situation in Wichita State, the coaching. And that just feels like it's been, I don't know, chaos. What do you, as a college basketball analyst, like you, you know, you see these teams, these coaches. What do you make of that? Tyler, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to kick it real. Uh, Greg Please Marshall. do. Greg Marshall has had issues before like this. I don't know about him hitting players and choking out assistance or whatever, but he's had issues with his anger, with how he displays himself. Uh, his spouse has had an issue during an NCAA tournament game with officials. So this is this is nothing new. Right. It's amazing to me that um, the fiefdom 
that these college coaches have still seems uh, you can't penetrate it. Right. You know, they these allegations of these incidents happened years ago. Right. And yet they happen. They get squashed. They move on. The team wins. Everybody's happy. And they tend to forget. And then it it, it takes uh, an old tweet or an old video or somebody right. to come out that's disgruntled to bring something up. And, I, you know, I, I just don't like coaches putting hands on players because yeah. here's the thing. If – I think it was Shaq Morris that he hit. Mm-hmm. If Shaq Morris would have come back and hit him, he'd be in the hospital. Yeah. And then they press charge. I was gonna say and Shaq Morris would be in prison. So right. But but he gets hit, he can't go to anybody uh, you know, to protect him. Right. He can't go to the police, he can't go to campus police, because Greg Marshall makes 3.6 million to four million a year. Right. He can't he go to the athletic home. director or yeah. So it's it's a it's an unfortunate situation, but there's a there's a silver lining in that these things need to be exposed. Right. If we're gonna if we're gonna allow athletes at the college level to get name, image, and likeness, then we need to address this as well. If yeah. you're gonna be a college coach, you know you have ultimate control, but you cannot put your hands on athletes. You cannot demean the people who are supporting you in terms of your assistant coaches. It's just not acceptable. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite like college coaches? I mean, not even that. I mean, it can be like on court stuff, but I mean, just in terms of, I don't guess how they run their program environment, everything. Who are your favorite, some of your favorite program or coaches? I love Leonard Hamilton. I think Hamilton may be the most underrated college coach in the business. Okay. Florida State. Yeah. He likes it like that because he, think about it. He's in the ACC. He's in the shadow of Duke, North Carolina, and Syracuse. Yep. Three coaches that have won national championships. So he's at a football school, mm. but he's in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight almost every year. And yeah. he's got he recruits some of the best talent in the country year in, year out. Uh runs a clean program. You don't hear about him getting in trouble. You don't hear any negativity about him. And he's a good dude. Yeah. He's just a good man. Um, another guy is Bill Self. That's my dude. Okay. Was in Illinois. I was going to say that's the old Illinois ties. Yes, sir. I was, okay. I was doing radio at the time. Really uh, developed a, a good relationship with Coach Self. Bill Self is like that cool Uncle Tyler. Okay. And if you got problems with your girl, you can go to. Like his right. players, if they have problems with their girlfriends or you know, or, or, or their, their partners, I should say, to be more politically correct, mm. um, or they're having issues somewhere that's off the court, not in the classroom, you can go to Bill Self. And he'll sit down. He'll listen. He knows when to put his arm around you. He knows when to get up after you. But you won't find a player that has played for Coach Self that does not love him. You cannot find one. So those two guys and Thad Mata is a friend of mine that you know he hasn't. He, he's trying to get back into coaching. He's taking a break. But Thad Mata used to be at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Good friend. There, there's a number of really really talented guys at the uh, college level, but those guys kind of stick out to me. Okay. Speaking of like the, the Illini guys, you got to give me like an all time Illinois starting five. I don't mean oh. like just the, I mean, it could be guys born in Illinois. I mean, Oh wow. Give me Nick Anderson, Isaiah Thomas, Anthony, whoever you got, who's the all time, throw yourself, whoever you got, who's the starting five. 
Tyler, I wouldn't be in the top hundred <laughs> in the state of Illinois, man. Come on, I, I, was, I think that's a testament to the state. Illinois has got a lot of ball players, man. Yeah, a we, lot of good do. ball players. And we do, and, and we're we benefit from the city of Chicago, huge mm. market, huge basketball city. Top five, ooh, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, and I got to go regard. I can't go by. I'm not going to go by position. I'm going to go okay. by players. I got you. Okay. All right. So I got Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Derrick Rose. Okay. Mark Aguirre. Okay. Um, uh, Kazzy Russell. Old school. And wow. One more. Man. Um, Trying to think of some more. It's a lot. Of, uh, I know, man. I was, it, Tim Hardaway. Uh, my mind wants to say Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, and I'll just go with him right now. But you know, but I'm sure I'm I'm missing somebody, and somebody be like, "Man, what you do?" You know. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, you have that that uh, text or tweet too. There you go. You know it. And I saw you expanding the game like overseas, doing some work in Africa. How did you get involved with that? You know what, Tyler, I, I saw that NBA was going to be heavily involved with basketball, Africa League, and I booked a trip to Senegal because the NBA had a, has a, um, what they call a training academy there, an NBA academy okay. in Sali, Senegal. And I like going back to the motherland anyway. I just like going back to the, the continent. So yeah. I've been to Ghana nigeria in senegal so i went to senegal on this trip and i hired a couple of videographers over there and i went and interviewed uh the head of basketball africa league and the coaches and shot video and put together a nice piece mm. um about the nba academy and this would be the precursor to the basketball africa league mm. put it up it got tons of views on the, in in nigeria senegal all over africa got a lot of views here and Basketball Africa League, you know, I stayed in touch with the guys. I told them I really want to be one of the commentators. Um, and so I was going to join them. Mm. And then COVID-19 hit through a monkey wrench and everything. Yeah. And so they may have some kind of ceremony games in December I was going to be a part of. But they, they, they couldn't get the safety protocols correct and all that. So I'll probably yeah. join them in June when they really kick off the league. But I okay. – I went. I just. I, I had to figure out, Tyler. How do I get involved with this? Mm. What. What. What can I provide a value that would assist NBA Africa um, get get some exposure and then put me in touch with those people that are decision makers? And that's what I came up with, and it was a great idea because it worked. Mm. Yeah, that's that's love right there. Yeah. So just you know, man, I, Tyler, and, and I'm hoping there are a few retired players listening and even current players listening. We have so many skill sets that you develop through playing this game. This mm. basketball is the best game by far. It's not even close in terms of the skill sets that you develop. And so okay. a lot of times we're not, we're not trained to sit down and think about what our personality type is, what our strengths are and what we can provide value to someone else it's all about providing value because if you go with that in mind it will always come back to you mm -hmm. i see your uh bardo's breakdown podcast your uh background tell us about that man this is this was born ooh four <laughs> or five years ago i started doing 
you know, Facebook lives, just mm. start talking. And I'd have a white, like just a bland background. And the, the University of Michigan sports information director, uh, Tom Wyrod said, man, you need a you need a step and repeat. So I went and got mm. one that was terrible, was ugly. I got a second one that was better, <laughs> a little bit better than I got this one. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Nope. Bartles Breakdown is kind of a passion play because I knew that when I started at television, everybody was still, you know, pretty much in television. And then all of a sudden the cable cutting started. Yep. And then, you know, my, my business partner on another venture uh, is really good on the online piece. He's one of the early adapt adopters uh, to YouTube and basketball training and mm. things like that. And so he really showed me what was coming, what was on the horizon. So this is my own show that I interview guests like Chris Broussard, uh, BJ Armstrong, Glenn Rice, Craig Hodges. I've had a lot of people on it. Uh, and then we, we discuss what's hot. We discuss the games. We discuss trades and draft picks and all, all kind of stuff. Just anything around the bat, the game of basketball. That's what Bartles breakdown is all about. Gotcha. I think we, uh, I think Bridges got some questions queued up from our audience here. Let's okay. See. First question is from Trireme. I hope I said that right. So ask him about the flying Illini. So I guess just, just tell me tell me about your flying Illini. Get, puff your chest a little bit about them. Well, I, we were one of the most iconic teams in college basketball history. Um, that team and that moniker that Dick Vitale gave us mm. has really opened the door for me in terms of having credibility in this media space. Mm. And so I was able to, you know, get some internships while I was still playing professionally because people remembered my name in this region in Chicago. Mm. Um, and I was able to parlay that in the University of Illinois men's radio for a few years. Then I was CBS to Chicago sports reporter. Then I got uh, the president of, of uh, CBS at the time. Dennis Swanson is a dear friend and a University of Illinois alum. OK, see how that you see how that works, Tyler? Yeah. So he put me in, and I ran with it. Now, I, I've done the work, and I've worked yeah. my tail off, Definitely. but I needed an assist, yeah. like all of us do. And I got that assist. And so that all started with that flying Illini team. And that team, I mean, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, Kenny Battle, Lowell Hamilton, Marcus Liberty, Larry Smith, Irvin Small, P.J. Bowman, Andy Kaufman, just a special group. Mm. All almost all of the players are from the state of Illinois. I was gonna say a lot of I knew a lot of Illinois guys in, in that uh, mix. Yeah, and so th at that point, late '80s, early '90s, there was still regional pride. Right. Guys go all over the place now. They don't. There's no re really regional pride, but we still had a lot of regional pride. And so when you mm. had the, st the state, your state across your chest, it meant something back then. And we represented the state the best way we could. And it turned out to be great. We had a great run, lost to our uh, our friends Glenn Rice and Michigan on a last second shot in the Final Four. Um, but uh, that doesn't tarnish what we were able to do. And thirty something years later, people still talk about that flying Illini team. Hmm. See our next question we've got from A. a. Albert. So thoughts on Illinois this upcoming year? Uh, the fighting the line, I have a chance to be in the final four. There's no doubt about it. They okay. may they may have the best lead guard center tandem in the country in Io DeSumo, 
mm-hmm. who put his toe in the draft waters and returned, and Kofi Coburn, who's mm-hmm. an extremely talented seven-foot uh, center, who's a sophomore. And those two guys coming back are two of the, I'd say, top ten players in the country. And in college basketball, if you've got future pros, if you've got two or three pros on your team, you have a chance to win a national championship. And that's how good Illinois can be this year. The Big Ten is going to be brutal. Yeah, I was going to say, they'll they'll have their work cut out for them. Because Wisconsin returns everybody, and Wisconsin won the Big Ten title last year. Iowa returns just about everybody, and they were outstanding. Um, You know, Michigan State is going to be Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State is in there as well. So um, Illinois has a chance. They've got a chance for a special, special year. I would not be surprised to see them in the final four in Atlanta. Hmm. Let's see. Next question we got here is let's see. from Coach Lee via Instagram. He said, do you ever think about getting into coaching? Absolutely not. No? Coaching is, is Tyler, coaches are – overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated. Mm. Now, when people say, oh, what are you talking about underpaid? Nick Saban makes $9 million. Mike Krzyzewski makes $9 million. If you spent a day with right. those coaches, you would understand what I'm talking about. Right. Some of those guys get up at 4 or 5 in the morning, and they don't go to sleep until midnight or 1. Mm. That's about 10 months out of the year. Not just in season. Right, out of season two. It's it's a grind. That that part is a grind that I don't like. But the other part, um, Coach Lee, why I don't coach, I don't have the demeanor for for players that don't play hard. I'd hurt. Mm -hmm. I'd be Greg Marshall, and I don't. (laughs) I've never put my hands on anybody. And I, but it used to. I used to pick fights with players who I thought were on my team Mm -hmm. that they weren't playing hard. I'd pick fights with them. Mm-hmm. I, especially when I was playing professionally, because, you know, I had a, a wife. I was married at the time and had my first son. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, you're affecting my ability to feed my child. I, I might I might have to hurt you. Right. And I, I know that if I was coaching, it wouldn't be to that level. But I'd be like, dude. Right. You don't want you don't want to risk it getting to that level. Huh? Right. You, you know what I'm saying, Tyler? So, I, yeah. You know, I I. I like I love what I'm doing right now. I can I can talk on air. I can be wrong. I don't lose my job. <laughs> right. So I like where I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Self-aware. That's what the, Tom said here. He said the self-aware king. Uh, <laughs> got another question here from Bask. Bass says, which NBA player would be the best WWE wrestler? Current player. Wow. Be the best wrestler. Current player would be Joel and B because he's silly mm. and a fool, and you know uh, he could play it up and yeah, play yeah. to the audience. I could see that. Yeah, he currently, but the the a former player who would be the best WWE would be Ron Artest, without a doubt. Oh uh, wow, yeah. Meta World Peace would be fantastic as a WWE wrestler. Yeah, I, I that's a good one. I think he he heavyweight title. Uh, Contender. There you go. There you go. See, I think it was all the qu- – oh, you got one more question. We're putting together a uh, Legends playlist. Okay. So give a song or two, anything, whatever you're listening to right now. Be old, new, slow, fast, whatever is in your, in your uh, ears, on the road, working out, whatever. 
I'm a Tribe Called Quest fan, and okay. I'm trying to get, you know, all this online stuff going. So my song is Peace, Prosperity, and a Little Paper. Okay. <laughs> um, the motto. Okay. Yeah, for, for uh, Tribe Called Quest. That, that would be my contribution. Okay. We will get that added. Okay. Stephen Bardo, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, Tyler, this is great, man. And and thanks for joining Legends, man. It, we really appreciate, appreciate you being a part of the organization. Oh, of course. Glad to be here. And uh, let's talk soon. All right. We'll do. Right. That does it this week for Legends Live. Uh, we've got new episodes live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern. On You can catch them on the NBA Alumni Twitter, the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. You can catch any replays of old episodes at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. You can catch the audio replay to all our conversations on Apple Podcasts or Spotify by searching for Legend Studio. And we will catch you next Thursday.